Welcome, welcome, welcome to Sunday Punch Podcast episode 60. We have a very special guest here. His name's Aiden Grogan. He's actually the son of a, a co-worker of mine. I won't say your dad's name. I don't want people looking him up. I don't want people finding your address because we're going to talk about some pretty serious subjects here. But what we are going to talk about, and then we'll get into the intro and let Aiden introduce himself. But we just talked about this before the show. We're going to talk about, you know, it's a very popular subject and hasn't been talked about enough, in my opinion, COVID, COVID-19, <laughs> really not talked about at all. As far as I'm concerned, enough. And um, then we'll get into uh, President Biden had a very interesting town hall. And uh, so we'll get into some clips for that. We'll react to a couple of his uh, statements. And then hopefully we can talk about the New World Order. We can talk about um, going into the Illuminati, which I have always been interested in. And I want to know how deep it runs and if the current president may or may not have members of his cabinet that are in the Illuminati. And then uh, we'll go ahead and I think that'll take us. I feel like we're going to go many different areas here. So that'll take us through the entire episode, hopefully doing just 45 minutes here. We'll see how it goes. Going to play the intro here and then let Aiden introduce himself. So without further ado, here we go. Hey, um, we realized that what you're doing as head coach, you don't know how to do. <laughs> so we need to give that part yeah, to somebody enough else. with the... And I want to win. Winning's the most important thing to me. All the other conferences, this is your Super Bowl, okay? <laughs> the Tax Slayer Outback 7-Eleven Bowl is your Super Bowl. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you, Aiden, for joining me on this fine Sunday morning. Thanks for having me on. No problem, brother. So I like to give all the guests an opportunity to introduce themselves and tell the people what you want them to know about you and also what you'd like to promote. And then we'll hit the ground running here. All right. So I'm Aiden Grogan. I'm a YouTuber, documentary filmmaker, I suppose, uh, political commentator, uh, author. Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Aiden Grogan, just my name. Uh, the documentary that I just produced, which we'll be discussing, is there in 17 different videos. There's a playlist. Uh, so yeah, go go take give that a view. Subscribe to the channel if you're interested. And uh, that's about it for that. And the YouTube uh, documentary that Aiden is referencing is called The Promethean Syndicate. I have watched about three different segments. They are around 30 minutes each. I'm very interested. I think it's uh, very good, and it's it's very well produced. It has a lot of different transitions. You did a lot of research, I can tell, and uh, I think it's very good, man. So congrats. Thank you. So check that out. Uh, let's hit the ground running here, dude. Um, Biden had a little town hall, and uh, he he hit on all of the uh, the major subjects here. 
But since one of your segments, part 12 of the Promethean Syndicate, talks about COVID and a big debate that we have going around right now is whether people should be mandated to get the vaccine. And this was Biden's response. Should police officers, emergency responders be mandated to get vaccines? And if not, should they be stay at home or let go? Yes and yes. The two things that concern me, one are those who just try to make this a political issue, freedom. I have the freedom to kill you with my COVID. No, I mean, come on, freedom. <laughs> freedom, yeah. stupid idiots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what are your thoughts on the mandate? Well, the, the real question is if they can force you to take medicine that you don't want or don't need, such as in the case of a virus with a 99% survival rate, what can they not force you to take? For instance, right. this country has a history of forcibly sterilizing and lobotomizing people against their will. Who's to say that that can't happen again? So what? once they could force you to take medicine that you don't need. Pause, don't pause though, pause though. You need to explain that to the audience because I don't think people know what you're talking about. Okay. The so forcibly lobotomizing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So back in the... 1910s and 1920s uh, during the eugenics movement that was led by the Carnegies and the Rockefellers. They funded this uh, occult, uh, eugenics record office at Cold Spring Harbor, which collected biological and social information about the American population. And 64,000 Americans were forcibly sterilized due to the eugenics laws that were passed in, in uh, many American states. It's uh, eugenics only became discredited because of the actions of the Nazis, where you couldn't be publicly advocating for people to be sterilized after people get shipped off to extermination camps. That's usually where it ends. But the people who are leading the COVID-19 vaccine push, such as Bill Gates, have connections all the way back to the eugenics movement. Bill Gates' father was on the board of Planned Parenthood, which was a eugenics organization originally called the American Birth Control League. There just so happens to be a W.H. Gates on the membership list of the American Eugenics Society in the 1920s. Bill Gates' father was W.H. Gates II. So there's that connection established. Okay, so we we have that established now, and you think that now that's translating to COVID nineteen a little bit more subtle way with this vaccine mandate discussion. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm I'm not saying that the government is is sterilizing you with the COVID vaccine, but I'm saying that in the future, if they can force you to take medicine and vaccinations which you don't want nor need, uh, they can force you to do whatever they want. Right. Um, so you mentioned Bill Gates, uh, talk a little bit about Watson works. Watson works. Okay. Yeah. So that I, IBM, just so people know, launched Microsoft. The reason that Microsoft is huge is because IBM made that prominent because, uh, Bill Gates' mother was a regent at the university of Washington and she knew the CEO of IBM and that's what launched Microsoft. But anyway, in response to, The COVID-19 pandemic, uh, IBM is assisting with uh, companies to safely return to the workforce by offering all of this very dystopian uh, technology, such as uh, blockchain technology, basically just allowing companies to to access your, your health data and store everything 
digitally. That's, that's the, the essentials of that. You have to kind of just look into it and watch the creepy videos they do with the, 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 the female voice saying how things are going to be from here on out. <laughs> and so is that like a digital like passport that they're – so like basically – that be then you take your digital records and is the point to then say, oh, this person had the vaccine and then. Give yeah, them a yeah, it's, it's pretty much a digital health passport where without that passport, then, well, you can't come to work. You, and then in, in the future, presumably, oh, you can't go to the supermarket. You can't get into the bar. So right. Do, do as we say, or you won't be able to be a normal citizen. That's, uh, you know, that's uh, always if you're talking like overarching COVID-19 like you know people focus on this lower level of mandate no mandate where they don't see kind of the bigger picture here and that like Bill Gates and all of you know the top one percent have made like 500 billion dollars throughout COVID and that it just so happens that Bill Gates has the technology to now do this digital passport mm -hmm. so that leads me to my next question conspiracy wise do you think it was released on purpose or, you know, actually some people don't even think it was released from the Wuhan lab. They mm -hmm. just think uh, it was just random. So if you could go into a little bit of that. Well, here's the circumstances around the origin of COVID. Uh, Ten years ago, around 2010, Bill Gates, through his foundation, launched a global vaccine push. And Fauci was the head of one of the leadership councils. So he's intimately intertwined with bill gates going back years uh then the nih which fauci runs is funding gain of function research at the wuhan lab to to make coronaviruses more transmissible to humans that's come out now that's been established even though fauci lied about it and said they didn't fund gain of function and then a virus just happens to uh escape from the lab and conveniently for those at the economic and political elite it puts the entire world on lockdown. The billionaires prosper like never before. And ultimately, they kind of crushed the, the, the global populist wave that was occurring from 2016 onward. The, the British voted to leave the European Union. The Americans elected Trump. Uh, there was just a, a, a sort of populist revolt against the elites, against, uh, against globalism or globalization, whatever you want to call it. And that was all brought to an end once COVID happened. For the people that don't know, can you describe the difference between globalism and populism? So globalism is essentially the, the transferring of national sovereignty to supranational organizations like the United Nations or the European Union, the IMF, the World Bank, with the expectation that more international cooperation will lead to better peace and security. And I think anyone who's paid attention to events in the past 20 years uh, can conclude that the opposite actually happens and you lose your control over your own life and your, your, your own nation. And of course, this all benefits the big banks and big corporations, especially the private central banks, which run everything. And then uh, populism is is both right wing and left wing. There's left wing populists, and you could put some of the Bernie Sanders supporters into that camp who recognize that there's a big problem with 
the current state of of uh, political affairs worldwide. The rich are getting richer, the poor are getting poorer. Uh, power is being wielded by a very very small segment of the population, and they have mismanaged the affairs of the United States and Britain and other Western countries. So that's populism in a nutshell. It's just a backlash against the elites. Yeah. I guess that really leads me to my main question. Are they poisoning the tap water? <laughs> the short answer is is <laughs> yes, if you consider sodium fluoride to be poison. Now, there was a major Harvard study which found that sodium fluoride does lower fertility and IQ levels. And Oh, really? Yeah, that that's been that's been confirmed. And sodium by the way, I will say Thank you to my mom. I have never had a, well, outside of like being a little bit hungover and it was my last choice scenario. I have never throughout my life drank tap water. Mm -hmm. I've always thought they were poisoning it. (laughs) Even as a young boy, I'm like, this can't be safe. Yeah, well, it doesn't taste safe for one. You taste it and it's just... (laughs) You, you need to be filtering your water, and that's just regardless if it's sodium fluoride or not, you should be uh, filtering your water. But, uh, but yeah, it does lower sperm counts as well. Um, sperm counts, by the way, are down 60% across the Western world since 1973. So at this rate, men are going to be totally infertile in the next, the next few decades. So that's that's something that's absolutely catastrophic that endangers the species which no one in mainstream media or the ivy league or among our political elites is discussing whatsoever uh, but yeah that's and then the the other big concern going off the the uh tap water poison uh, question is that it's not only the tap water it's also the food uh it's multiple studies have linked gmos to uh, reduced fertility uh, especially Gossipol, which is found in the cotton plant, that acts as a as a sterilization weapon against bugs and in in animals and in human males, it causes spermatogenesis arrest even at low doses. Gossipol is approved by the FDA for human and animal consumption. So anything with anything with cottonseed oil in it, you want to avoid if you're looking to have kids in the future. So do you think this is a plan or do you think this is just the incompetence of production where it's just like, hey, you know, you know, at each of these plants, they're like, it's a plan. It's it's a hundred percent plan and not just but not just like people being like, you know, companies and and factories being incompetent, mm -hmm. pretty much giving cancer to people because they're like, you know, what makes a chicken better is by injecting them with like a billion steroids. Plus, we can sell a bunch of chickens. You right. think there was even an overarching plan of that that are like, hey, wait a second. We can't, like you said, openly eliminate populations through eugenics. But what we can do is put uh, a small amount of poison in the tap water and a small amount of poison in all of the foods they eat. And then when they're like 60, they'll get cancer and they'll think it's just like, whoopsie daisy. You think that was the like the well? The... I it's not only that I think it's that I I know because the documents are are totally clear and there's several that you could look at. Uh, in 1969, Planned Parenthood 
wrote a memo to the Population Council, which was founded by the Rockefellers, who again led the eugenics movement, and Planned Parenthood was itself a eugenics organization, and they discussed a wide variety of methods to reduce fertility in the United States. And among those methods include causing chronic depression, promoting homosexuality, adding sterilization agents to the water supply, and uh, or delaying marriage or even getting rid of marriage altogether, uh, discouraging private home ownership, a number of different techniques that they discussed. Now, the question is, did they implement and th them? <laughs> and this is in a memo. This is in an official memo that was sent from Planned Parenthood to the Rockefeller-created Population Council. It's called the, the Jaff Memo. It was written by a guy, Frederick Jaff, who I believe was the vice president. Uh, so that's that. that's an official document that you can read. Now, and then there's Rockefeller Foundation documents in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, where they discuss how to lower fertility. And the 1968 report says, quote, more work is in progress on immunological methods such as vaccines to lower fertility, and much more work is required if a solution is to be found here. Using the term solution is uh, <laughs> quite shady considering the final solution. So I just want to put it up because I know that people listen to this. If you if you're not watching, Jaff is spelled J A F F E. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. this is an official memo. And by the way, if you're like thinking about this, like it's really not like to me it's like yeah, why wouldn't you do that like if you're like, you know, have any sort of power like you're going to think to yourself, "Wait a second, how can we like in their mind save the world because there's too mm -hmm. many people, right?" Yeah. And yeah. it's going to take up all the resources. So it's not yeah. to me. It's like people are like, oh, come on. That's a conspiracy. It's like, why would it be? Mm -hmm. It's well, the it's, only thing that makes sense. Yeah, it's actually Darwinism. And that's what people need to understand. It's not that there's too many people in the world. It's that there's so many people that it's a burden on the resources, which giant corporations would otherwise exploit for themselves. And that's there's a there's another memorandum that was written by Henry Kissinger, who is the Secretary of State, and that was written under Ford, which advocates for depopulating Africa, and the U.S. would lead that move through international NGOs like Planned Parenthood and the Population Council, and he says in that memo, as if I, I'll summarize it, that a rapidly expanding population in Africa is going to be a burden on the natural resources, especially the, the minerals of Africa. And so if the U.S. economy and other advanced industrialized economies are going to be able to continue to grow and expand their GDP, they're going to need access to those resources. So if Africa's population is expanding, that's going to mean more for the billions of people in Africa and less for the multinational corporations. So when people say, oh, there's too many people, especially when a billionaire says that, you need to be very suspicious. Right. Especially and when that, they're when they're part of the eugenics movement in, in their family history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or it was on like their, you know, like he said with uh, Bill Gates, like he was a member uh, of, a, of a previous uh yeah, kind his, of panel of people his, his on in the company. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And there's that too. It's just it's the 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 connections are are uh, amazing. And and but the average person thinks that well, Bill Gates, he's just he's just profiting, and he's just a greedy billionaire. And I'm making the case that no, he is a high level psychopathic billionaire. <laughs>
You know, I don't know what happened with the emails with him. Can you just give a brief? I don't know. Like, I know that he was sending some creepy emails. He he got caught by uh, cancel culture himself. I didn't hear too much about that. Are you talking about the Fauci emails? Oh, no, no. Bill Gates is like emailing interns. He's like, hey. You want oh, like- oh, yeah. Well, he's hey, got a- he's- you want you want you want a higher position in IBM? I did. I did hear about that. And um, and he he's he's been engaging in creepy behavior going back a long time and was a was a personal friend of Jeffrey Epstein. He visited right. Jeffrey Epstein's mansion, um, I believe, multiple times. He flew on the Lolita Express and Bill Gates himself uh, was was hosting naked pool parties at his mansion in Seattle dating back. 20 something years even after he met his now ex-wife melinda he was having these these naked parties where he would he would go to a a a strip club and hire all these these women to come to come swim naked with him and his friends and and uh, (laughs) to be honest if i had a billion dollars that would pretty much be my tuesday so i can't really hate on bill gates but there's there's others like there's adam it's wednesday he's got 45 strippers in the pool (laughs) would you memorize all the license plates of your employees cars and force them to work on weekends though that's the real question (laughs) no well he's a complete (laughs) lunatic yeah um okay so moving on because i want to stay on kind of like the political aspect here Mm -hmm. Biden kept going and had uh, had quite a few different things to say. And then I want to talk about kind of the current political landscape and a couple predictions for 2024. So let's just watch this uh, from the town hall the other night. What about gas prices? Because some gas, interesting- pr- gas prices relate to a foreign policy initiative that is about something that goes beyond the cost of gas. And that's because of the supply being withheld by OPEC. And so there's a lot of negotiation that is there. There's a lot of Middle Eastern folks want to talk to me. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'm going to talk to them. Do you have a timeline for gas prices of when you think they may start coming down? My guess is you'll start to see gas prices come down as we get by and going into the winter. I mean, excuse me, into next year in 2022. I don't see anything that's going to happen in the meantime that's going to significantly reduce gas prices. He kept going. 55 corporations, for example, in the United States of America, making over $40 billion, don't pay a cent. Not a single little red cent. You know if you're in real estate, major real estate, ask them. They know they should be paying a little more than 21%. We can pay for this whole thing. I have it written in a card here, but I won't bore you with the detail. The question was on the, the on community college, no, no, which, which was a big campaign promise that, that you made. You talked about that along no, the I, campaign I, trail. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to get it done. And if I don't, I'll be sleeping alone for a long time. I'm going off to COP26 in Scotland. Uh, and uh, in, I don't know, I guess it's two weeks or a week. I, I'm losing track of time. Forty percent of all products coming into the United States of America on the West Coast, go through uh, Los Angeles and, uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? Is it Long Beach? Long or? Beach, thank you. So what I have said, you're shaking your head no, but let me tell you something, Jack. It's the truth. <laughs> Dude, where do you want to start? Well, that, that first little blunder he had where he just stops talking uh, to me, that's that's him forgetting what his secretary of state, Antony Blinken, told him to say. 
because yeah. Biden doesn't have a brain of his own. They just tell him, okay, this is what you're going to say. And, and, and then he can't remember anything. So, but he is not in control of his administration and in, in past administrations, it's been obvious that there's some, some puppet masters pulling the strings, but this guy is just a, a joke. He's just, he's just an image they put up there. And, and the, the council on foreign relations people are running the show behind the scenes. I, uh, I like how they help. They do help him though. Can you imagine if Trump was like, I can't remember would that would Anderson Cooper jump in and be like, Long Beach is the answer, sir. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, <laughs> they'd be sitting there thinking that, uh, you know, they're going to clip this together and make Trump look like the idiot and play it 24 seven headlines. So I'm Brian Stelter's CNN show. <laughs> Trump must uh, be deranged. <laughs> orange man bad. Exactly. Um, but just to show you the difference here where Anderson's like, we were talking about community college, sir. And then he was like, oh, yeah, well, I won't be sleeping next to Jill if I don't take that one. <laughs> yeah, I still have sex at 90 years old. Everyone picture that now. Um, this is how they would uh, have an interview with Trump. We were supposed to, as mentioned, be watching you on a debate stage right now. We're not doing that. So let's clear up a few things from the last one. You were asked point blank to denounce white supremacy in the moment. You didn't. You asked some follow up questions. Who specifically? A couple of days later on a different show, oh, you, you, you denounced white supremacy. No, you My question to you is, you've done this to why me and everybody. Does it seem like I denounce white supremacy. OK, you did I've two denounced days later. white supremacy for years, but you always do it. You always start off with a well, question. You didn't ask Joe Biden whether or not he denounces Antifa. I watched him on the same basic show with Lester Holt. And he was asking questions like Biden was a child. Well, well so th this so is a little bit ready? of a dodge. Are you, wait, are you listening? I denounce white supremacy. Okay. What's your next question? Do you feel, it feels sometimes you're hesitant to do so. Like you hesitant. wait a bit. Here we go again. Every time, in fact, my people came. I'm sure they'll ask you the white supremacy question. I denounce white supremacy. Okay. And frankly, you want to know something? I denounce Antifa. And I denounce these people on the left that are burning down our cities that are run by Democrats who don't right, know what they're doing. While we're denouncing, let me ask you about QAnon. It is this theory that uh, Democrats are a satanic pedophile ring and that you are the savior of that. Now, can you just once and for all state that that is completely not true so and disavow QAnon yeah. in its entirety? I know nothing about QAnon. I just told I you. I know very little. You told me, but what you tell me doesn't necessarily make it fact. I hate to say that. I know nothing about it. I do know they are very much against uh, pedophilia. They fight it very hard. But I know nothing they about it. They believe it, it is if a satanic like call to run by the deep state. The subject, I'll tell you what I do know about. I know about Antifa, and I know about the radical left, and I know how violent they are and how vicious they are, and I know how they're burning down cities run by Democrats, not run Republican by Republicans. Senator I don't know about it. I don't know about QAnon. I don't know. Well, I know they're against pedophilia. I'm against pedophilia. I've never been into children. I tried it once. Never been into it. Everyone knows this. But did you see the difference between the two? There's oh, there's yeah. Anderson Cooper Cooper, Long Beach, sir. Long Beach is what you're looking for. To then you go to the Trump uh, town hall, which is supposed to be completely unbiased NBC, right? And you have what is QAnon? QAnon is a group run by what? 
a few thousand people does it even mean need to be mentioned by anything? But that's the differences. You go to the Joe Biden town hall. It's all, hey, let's hold his hand. Give him an ice cream scoop. You go to the, the Trump town hall and it you can just you can tell in the tone. Like she was like, I just told you. I just told you. And, and he's like, well, OK, calm down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well, it's just the and that's it's been four years of that when he was in there, uh, you know, cause it's, if you're, if you're a member of their privileged, uh, approved elite, then they give you softball questions. Same thing with like George W. Bush, when he gives interviews with the elite media, notice how much they love George W. Bush now. So yeah. if you're, if you're part of the club, they treat you like that. And if you're, if you're an outsider like Trump, they, they attack you with hostility. I do want to do I do want to comment on QAnon a little bit because by the way I love that he was like maybe I am the savior exactly. I don't know people are saying it I didn't say it but people are saying it um she says do you think that there is an elite that that likes pedophilia as if like Epstein didn't just happen and like all the plane rides and everything else and we'll play a clip from the Promethean Syndicate here that goes in to a little bit of this, uh, this occult that, that's going on. A Nebraska state senator and attorney named John DeCamp published a book in 1992 called The Franklin Cover-Up, in which he alleged that children were brought into the Bohemian Grove and ritualistically raped and murdered in black magic rituals at the hands of some of the members during the 1980s. DeCamp said he personally interviewed several children from orphanages who identified the Bohemian Grove as the location of the abuse. The Clinton emails, published by WikiLeaks, are rife with occult references to Moloch. An email Hillary Clinton received from her Deputy Chief of Staff Jacob Sullivan asks her whether a paragraph from a statement about the Gaddafi government violates the Owl Minerva rule. Jacob Sullivan, a Rhodes Scholar, is the current National Security Advisor to President Biden. Another email Clinton received says, With fingers crossed, the old rabbit's foot out of the box in the attic, I will be sacrificing a chicken in the backyard to Moloch. Nobody talks about That's an email that was said. She's referencing... The Canaanite sac- god of child sacrifice, Moloch. She's she's referencing in an email. I don't know if they're joke. Like I wouldn't even joke about that in an email, and I say some pretty wild shit. I would not say, "Hey, you know, it'd be funny if I sacrificed a chicken to that god that was like the king of child molestation." <laughs> uh, basically, uh, that and, and you know, people don't know who Moloch is. They don't know about the Bohemian Grove. You know, the average American still thinks that if you talk about eyes wide shut parties, you're a kook. But there's actual video of business and political elites meeting at the Bohemian Grove. They're all dressed up in robes like druids doing this ritual where they burn an effigy of a child to a 40 foot owl statue of Moloch, the Canaanite god of child sacrifice. So the idea that that stuff doesn't go on is is patently false. Now, uh, in the case of pedophilia. That was a Nebraska senator, Richard DeCamp, who was who was onto something in the in the late 80s and 90s. And the Washington Times was also 
had a lead on it too, because these these kids were being transported around the country by this this wealthy businessman um, by the name of Larry King, not the not the cable host, but a, a Republican businessman. And so it's like it's not just Democrats; it's the Republican establishment as well. And it was a total cover up. The 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 uh, there was supposed to be a documentary that was going to air on the Discovery Channel that was going to expose American elites tra trafficking little kids around the country. And then just at that time, Congress is debating regulating the cable television industry. And according to what DeCamp says in his book, messages messages were delivered in no uncertain terms that if this documentary aired on the Discovery Channel, the TV industry would probably lose the debate. So subsequently, all the copies of the documentary were gotten rid of and it never aired. But you can find it on YouTube. It's called Conspiracy of Silence. And it's real old and grainy, but that's what goes on in, in among the American elite. And uh, it's it's just kind of sad that that none of this is exposed. Like Epstein's just the tip of the iceberg. He's just kind of the he was just kind of the pimp for the elite. And when he got caught, they're like, oh, let's take out the pimp. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Talk. About, I mean, no one even talks about that. Either. It's like a meme. It's a joke. A exactly. guy was murdered yeah. to yeah. silence him. Yeah. It became like 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 Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. Everybody says that. But it's it's literally a meme, and I think it prevents people from actually looking into the case to say, okay, he had connections to Bill Clinton and Prince Andrew and Bill Gates, all these powerful people that are flying his private jet to his island, even Trump. But the funny thing about Trump is uh, uh, like 10 or 15 years ago, supposedly Epstein was at Mar-a-Lago and was like flirting with young girls, and Trump thought that was weird and kicked him out. <laughs> so, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I can't possibly picture Trump doing that. But. I, exactly. But I, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious that, that Trump is not into uh, uh, underage people. He, maybe he knew about stuff and maybe they had dirt on him where they're like, if you expose us, we'll expose right. you. So he just says yeah. stuff like they really hate pedophiles. <laughs> QAnon. I don't know about them, but they really, how would, so to get to the bottom of this, like, you know, we say, you know, yeah, obviously pedophilia exists. The Super Bowl, let's keep it on sports. The Super Bowl is the most sex traffic day yep, in America, is. by yep. the way. Um, anyone wondering why is because there's giant crowds of people that people can get lost in. Anyways, moving on. Um, but how does this. Like, I wonder how that all started. Was there just one guy who was into kids and then he got dirt on someone? And then from there, this whole ring of people. Well, like, it's, it's, started? it's something that that ruling classes have obviously engaged in since the beginning of civilization, especially when a civilization is in its decadent uh, phase where it's starting to collapse and the elite get into all this psychotic behavior. So, so Moloch is just bringing back an ancient Canaanite ritual where, where they would, uh, in, in Carthage, which if, if people know the history, that's the city that was burned to the ground by the Romans. It's in Northern Africa, but they would worship Moloch and throw little babies into a fiery pit, sacrificing them to Moloch. So the, these child sacrifice, child abuse, uh, sex assault rituals have been around since since the beginning of civilization and uh, it just doesn't really go away this is what 
this is what the elites do. And it's basically when you have all the money in the world and you, you, you have 15 hookers over every night, eventually you run out of things to give you pleasure. And so you can only obtain satisfaction out of hurting people. And so that's where it just gets into the, it just becomes this progression towards more and more uh, degeneracy to a point where it's just like demonic. Any good documentaries on the Bohemian Grove? Uh, well, there's the the documentary called uh, Dark Secrets Inside the Bohemian Grove, which was created by Alex Jones. And people can- We have the documents, Joe. <laughs> exactly. You can, you, you can think whatever you want of Alex Jones, but regardless, he snuck in there in 2000 or was perhaps allowed to get in. Who knows? He kind of thinks he was allowed to get in. Uh, but he got the, the footage of them worshiping Moloch in this very bizarre ancient Canaanite ritual. And uh, he he got out alive. So <laughs> I like how like th- this should be talked about all the time. Yeah. Why doesn't the it's mainstream like, media ever cover it? That's the question. It's like obviously well, they're, they're in on it. <laughs> well, they a couple of them are invited. But if you walked into if I was like, hey, even if it was public and I was like, hey, Aiden, come to I have a party going on this Saturday. Come on over. And you walked in <laughs> and we were all dressed in robes. And we, I had an owl statue. You would tell everyone that story probably forever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And they're but, just like, eh, it's just something they do. They're having fun. There, there is a statue in the Bohemian Grove of this. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone who comes in there, they see that, and they're like, yeah. that means don't, don't, don't tell. <laughs> Otherwise, right. Something something bad's gonna happen to you. And I think that's yeah, how they, I, I like, guess. And yeah. that's the, the thing is they blackmail each other. And so Epstein at his mansion, he had cameras in every single room. This is according to his own victims. They said he had cameras in every room, even the bathroom. And then he had this little area with just computer monitors. So he had a view of every single place in his mansion. So if Prince Andrew or Bill Clinton or Bill Gates were doing something something real shady, he has it on video and he could probably send them the clip in an email. Uh, a week later, like, oh, just so you know, uh, Bill Gates, we got this video of you. And uh, if you ever want to do something that we don't endorse, uh, this might come out. So that's that's how they that's how they maintain control. I like how they're all idiots, too. It's like, <laughs> how did you not foresee blackmail coming? From yeah, this? well, it's like it's like if you're friends with a bunch of psychopaths, what makes it what makes you think like they're actually on your side? <laughs> yeah no i know him he wouldn't do that exactly yeah i mean he'd only he'd only uh kidnap little kids and bring them to an island and and that's that's full of that's full of demonic gargoyles i'm i'm sure he's a good friend yeah and and bill and uh bill clinton is just like just allowed to do whatever he wants still exactly yeah moving on predictions because we're getting to that 45 minute mark uh, predictions for 2024 presidential election is Trump coming back or are we we got a dark horse? Well, I think if Ron DeSantis runs, uh, Trump won't run because they're so allied with each other. But I, I, I could definitely see Trump with his big ego putting himself back in the race. And he's very much still got a very, very loyal base. Uh, the, the, the boomers still love Donald Trump. So uh, I think he'd have a fair chance at winning, but p- part of me wants Trump to just kind of 
go away and get some younger person who's more educated and uh, more informed about what's going right. on. Cause he, he just, you know, in some of those interviews, I'm like, Oh man, he could, he could expose so many things and give some, so much more of eloquent answers, but he's just, you know, I think he did a good job as president overall, but uh, 2024, what, what, uh, I I don't I don't know what's going to happen and and in fact like if it be, if, if if it's neocon versus neoliberal if it's two establishment picks then I'm not even going to vote because it's just ridiculous at that point. Right, people forget that Trump only won because he was kind of like the rebel outsider. Exactly. Yeah, he's not like to me. He was never like Republican. No, he wasn't. And he was a Democrat for a number of years. He just gave yeah. money to different candidates. But yeah, when when it's like he and he wasn't he wasn't he didn't align with the D.C. consensus on the three main issues. So either the Republicans or Democrats, it's it's trade, foreign policy and immigration. So like the, the Republicans, they'll say they're against open borders, but they're not because the big business elites that kind of run the show want cheap labor. But he was actually against our immigration laws he was against our foreign policy and he was against our rigged trade deals like nafta and for that they had they set out to destroy him the the whole establishment and that includes the republican elites like paul ryan mitch mcconnell lindsey graham they did not like having trump around they were eager to get rid of him so quickly so uh but that yeah that's so that's, someone younger <laughs> yeah i i would hope for someone younger that would come out of nowhere and just like and not have any connections to all these these big organizations and yeah. not take money from from people like Bill Gates and and Citibank uh like Obama. Yeah, go into the uh, Obama Citibank yeah. uh, cabinet. So the the people people uh, in this country sadly still think that the president elect actually picks the cabinet and the, the elites of Wall Street and Silicon Valley who they take all these massive monetary donations from actually picked the cabinet and uh, WikiLeaks through their John Podesta emails. John Podesta was, was a, a friend of Obama and the Clinton campaign chairman. But when his emails leaked out, it revealed that in 2008, before the election even happened, Podesta gets uh, an email from Michael Froman, the CEO of Citibank, uh, with a, a, a long list of recommended appointees to the Obama administration. And among those recommendations were uh, Eric Holder, who became the attorney general, uh, Timothy Geithner, who became the treasury secretary, uh, Rahm Emanuel, who became the chief of staff, and so on and so forth. They just happened to secure those exact top-level positions that the CEO of Citibank recommended. So that's yeah. that's how the cabinet is picked. It's it's Wall Street. It's, it's the, the deep state, so to speak. Yeah, I didn't want you know. I didn't want to embarrass Barry like that, though. I told you, I told you, I was gonna embarrass you, Barry. <laughs> Still, my favorite clip. I'm for the rest of time. If everyone's been watching the last few episodes, I will use that clip yeah. in every single episode moving forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it would be nice if uh, you know. That's it's kind of like. I agree with you. Like you'd be watching Trump, you'd be like, "Oh God, you know what? What have we gotten ourselves into?" But the only reason I liked him in the first place is because he was not connected to anything, and he was like, "Fuck y'all." Yeah. yeah. Well, it's even even with someone like that, the scary thing is, is like, as populist as he was, and how much of like his own boss he was, and wasn't going to listen to what anyone told him what to do. He still ends up with 
Rex Tillerson as his secretary of state, who's the CEO of Exxon, and all right. these people who are Council on Foreign Relations members and 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 really part of the 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 power elite. They just end up in the cabinet. So again, it's like even with Trump, I don't think he really made those picks. They say, well, we already got a bunch of arrangements and kind of a system in place. So here's the people you should probably hire. And if you don't, mm-hmm. well, there might be some problems. <laughs> yeah, like the so, mafia. Exactly. That's that's how it works. Is the uh is the, does the president really do that much? Uh, or is it a stupid job? Well, it's it's I think it's it's they're they're sort of uh they're just put there to kind of look pretty for the press, and that's not to say they're not making really hard decisions, but they have all the so-called experts from the intelligence agencies and the State Department behind the scenes advising them on everything, and of course all the bureaucrats they're all connected with the the lobbyists and the special interests. So that's ultimately who runs the show. It's all these organizations like the Council on Foreign Relations. But that's the Council on Foreign Relations, which runs our government, is something we could get to on a future episode. And on that note, we will end this episode. I think this was a pretty good one. Would like to have you on. I mean, you, dude, you got how many parts in the in the Promethean Syndicate? 16 parts, five 16 hours long. <laughs> a solid watch. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, we have a lot more to talk about, obviously, and uh, I do want to take this podcast into like a political segment. So, would love to have you on again. All right, perfect. Um, we'll be going out here, um, and uh, the next uh, episode will be fuck it. I'm probably doing one tomorrow night for Monday Night Football and to react to the games today. Um, but thanks for joining, Aiden, and. Uh, We'll go ahead and go out to uh, a little song uh, that we went out to last time, and it's called Friday Night, and uh, I think everyone should listen to it. Um, Thanks for joining, man. Thanks for having me. See ya. Friday night, I'm thinking that we just might fly away to someplace they don't know who we are. Now I'm riding shotgun in your car We drive through the city like explorers going 65 Flowing hair flying across your face We left on Friday, now it's Saturday Press jeans buttoned up, jeans iron slipping up Red shoes walking slow, headphones blaring three stacks Sunglasses flaring out, thick watch hanging low Studded belt pulled taut, three stacks on the radio Friday night, I'm thinking that we just might Run away to some place we we can be who we are. We can be who we are.